This is Father Jacob Bertrand Jancic. This is Father Joseph Anthony Cress. Welcome to God's Planning. If you like this episode, please consider becoming a monthly donor on Patreon. Also, please follow, like, and subscribe to God's Planning wherever you listen to or watch your podcasts. Father Joseph Anthony, here we are. Look at us. Back at it. <laughs> Just after Easter. Just after Easter. Yeah. How, yeah. how did everything... Christ is risen, man. It's, I guess it's, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesus Christ is risen. Amen. Big Hallelujah. Fan. Big fan of that. Yeah, yeah. that's good. Yeah, I know. yeah. Kind of recovering or not recovering. Um, or? I mean, generally, yeah. It, it's one of those things that like Christmas and Easter have. They're both extremely intense and very exhausting, but for totally different reasons. Sure. You yeah. Know, Christmas is like a twenty-four hour period where it's like just nonstop, another mass, another mass, huge crowds, and all that kind of mm-hmm. fun stuff. Where Easter is like four days or really i don't know really kind of all of holy week yeah is like spread out for like seven days of intensity from palm sunday to easter sunday and it's just like a different liturgy every day so like you only do these liturgies once a year and they're all very intricate and unique and it's that like kind of intensity on that so yeah you know it's 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 all exhausting but trying to recover what about yeah. you no good um yeah in in hanover New Hampshire, where I am, we have the parish of St. Dennis, where I'm the pastor, and then also the campus ministry at Dartmouth called Aquinas House. And for Christmas, like you were saying, it's, it's a different kind of um, intensity. So Christmas, mm-hmm. the students aren't on campus, uh, so everything happens oh, at the yeah, parish. Yeah. But mm-hmm. because Easter falls during one of the terms, Dartmouth has this weird schedule, but it falls during one of the terms. We don't combine our liturgies. So we have oh, wow. Aquinas House at Dartmouth has their own their own Holy Week schedule, yeah. and then we at the parish have our own Holy Week schedule. So yeah, it's it's crazy. One of the things about um, about Holy Week that's that's um, I don't know adds to the sort of exhaustion of it. And it's a good thing, like it's a beautiful kind right. of exhaustion, yeah. but it's an exhaustion nonetheless. Is Holy Week off? Obviously, it happens every year, which is um, like often enough to kind of know what's going on, right. but not often enough to ha- like be in the rhythm of like, okay, this is what yeah. every, this is how Holy Thursday works and I don't have to think about it. This is how Good Friday works. You know, you always are going back to the rubrics to see, okay, this is this, this, this. So um, it has a different sort of, where Christmas, like you were saying, Christmas is just like, it's just a Christmas mass and it's either different prayers for the times of day, but it's the rhythm is there, whereas you're a little thrown during Holy Week. But it's awesome. It's cool. But yeah, once again, big fan of Easter. And yeah, 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 you know. Really, really appreciate the fact that Jesus rose from the dead. Amen. Like, really appreciate it. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So, lest everybody think (laughs) that I was complaining about. Oh. oh, See, like that transition. That was was nice. Yeah, you ruined it, though, because you didn't let me finish. I just got excited for you. Thank you. Like, I want to support. Yeah, lest anyone (laughs) think that I was complaining unnecessarily about the burdens Uh of being a pastor or chaplain during Holy Week. Um, I wasn't, but this episode where we want to talk about complaining and particularly yeah. what the episode is titled is the virtue of complaining. Mm-hmm. Um, that's more to justify myself <laughs> because I complain a lot. So we're going to try to figure out a way that we can make complaining a good thing uh, because otherwise <laughs> it's going to be pretty, it's going to, it's going to end poorly for me because well, I'm really you, good at complaining. You pitch this episode to me and you're like oh, i want to do an episode of virtue complain and i was like uh, is it a virtue and you're I like i sure hope so <laughs> you're like i'm great at it yeah so. i'm good at it so yeah but and and on a more serious kind right, of approach right, right. to this, the the sort of 
uh, I don't know, idea, muse behind the mm-hmm. the topic um, really comes from, I think, my experience, your experience, I'm sure other priests experience in the confessional. Right. Um, where, uh, where what, where you kind of, you get people who bring their sins to the confessional will often, especially with sins of speech, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. will say, well, Father, I... You know, I confess gossiping or I confess talking about somebody or often it's kind of presented this way. I was having a conversation and I'm not sure if it was gossip, but yeah. I want I, I think I should confess it. You know, so it's this sort of question of when does um, when does our speech particularly and often it has to do with complaining or right, like right, recounting right. things that are difficult. When does that become um, when does that enter into the world of sin, of vice, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. when is it not that? So that's really the inspiration for what I wanted, what we want to talk about on this episode is is how do how can we like adjudicate, judge, determine is this sinful, is this not? Yeah, and also um, how to have conversations in a way that actually um, what reflects reality in mm-hmm. in a way, such a way that we're not just like pretending everything's perfect and I never need to have a, you know, a conversation or a complaint about something. There's, um, I always say the, the sins of speech are the number one sins that I hear in the confession. Really? Yeah. yeah. And I think like, people get really surprised by that. They're like, <gasps> what? It's like, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. they're the most common. They're the most repetitive in, you know, every confession is there, there's some kind of sins, sins of speech that take place. So it, I, I'm, grateful that we're actually having this conversation because it, there's really the uh, a struggle with sins of speech out there and trying to, like you said, kind of adjudicate and say like, okay, well, most people speak a lot, <laughs> yeah. you know, and how are we using that speech? Is it good, right. virtuous speech? Is it done with charity or is it not? And if it's not, it's kind of a problem. So we got to figure out how, how, to, how to navigate these issues and, and talk about that. Because I, I, I really truly believe like the answer to this stuff isn't just to stop talking. Sure. I mean that's not really an option. Yeah. So. For especially for either of us. Yeah. Like that's not gonna work. Right. So we do have to like intentionally think about how are we speaking, how are we using our speech and, and to go uh, in those directions and to kind of wrestle with these issues because the reality is we do um there are a lot of missteps out there and there's a lot of bad habits of speech um that we can dive into and get caught up in and then be the kind of like commonplace um experience is just ill speech right yeah so i think when we like as as at least at least as we've set this up um and presented even like the the sort of not dilemma but the problem or the challenge right that there's a lot of there can be a big area of like gray where it's yeah i was in this conversation and i'm not really sure if it went too far or if I said too much or, you know, and there's, and that, that can depend on circumstances that can depend on with whom is that proper English with whom you're speaking. Um, you know, there's a, we'll talk about this, I think, uh, but, um, there's a big difference between having like a one-on-one conversation with Mm -hmm. like a confidant or a spouse or something like that. And, and being in a group setting, you know, like those, those things color affect how it is that we can decide. Yep. Uh, you know, was this good or not? So I think there's a big gray area, but on either side of those 
and that and that doesn't mean I should I should clarify when I say that there's a gray area. It doesn't mean that we can't know. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe a more complicated area, you know, thing yeah. that takes application of principles to kind of figure out. Okay, when I'm examining my conscience, yeah, yeah, where is this? Okay, but on either side of, I think there are also very clear boundaries of this is sinful. This right, type of speech right. is sinful, and this type of speech is virtuous and good. Mm-hmm. So maybe let's start with those because that's a little easier to to use to establish some principles that we can then use to kind of sift through right, right. the more complicated things. So on the side of yeah this is this is just where we don't want to go. This is yeah. sinful. This is um you know this is gossip. This is bad. What are I guess some kind of yeah what are some of those mm-hmm. indicators yeah. principles that we could, we should keep in mind here? Yeah, I think it's um, when we look at the the types of speech that we want to stay away from. You know, uh, Aquinas does a beautiful job of talking about these things, right? Backbiting, um, calumny, and all these other derision. Derision. Yeah, yeah. yeah. he he actually works through those and shows like, Ugh, this is the these are the you know vices that are born from ill speech right. in in different ways, um, and we see a, a few different kind of commonalities in there. I think one of the things that we see a lot of times is that ill speech is that speech that is very destructive, right? It, it harms somebody's reputation. It harms um, maybe their their prospects of future work or future things. Um, so ill speech is definitely things that are destructive, right? right. And one of the areas is that it's like, okay, that's still kind of abstract. What are we talking about here? One of like well, I walk through students often with ill speech is to say like okay are we then when we start talking about somebody or, or you know specifically behind their back and things um, when we deal with ill speech is like how are we looking at that person typically when we look at very ill speech um, it's very reflective of how the evil one speaks to us mm, right yeah. he manipulates and he he lies to us and all these other areas. But one of the hallmarks of uh, the evil one is that he takes false weaknesses and specifically sins and creates that and manipulates it so that we will then believe that our identity are these things, right. you know, specifically our sins. And when the evil one whispers and even speaks to us in those ways that he's continually identifying us and, and um, building us up to believe that we are our sins. We are all these negative things, and which is not the reality. Our identity is to be a child of God, you know, to be the one in whose image and likeness we are created. So when we look at ill speech, we have to say, like, is it destructive in such a way that we are uniting the identity of this other person to all of these things, precisely mm. their sins? Right. And if we constantly are gossiping about people or uh, deriding them and, and all these other aspects to such an extent that we are building up this person's identity to be synonymous with their sins, then that is a very problem because now we are speaking about in acting in the image and likeness of the evil one. Right. And not as the image and likeness of our God himself. And um, to then not see the goodness of this other who maybe does have faults and maybe is a weak person and maybe has screwed up a few times in their own sins, but we can't see past that because we can only speak to those aspects of it. Now, this doesn't mean that we throw blankets and rose-colored tinted glasses on things that we never admit to these problems. We do, but there's a difference in speaking about it in such a way that it's 
built upon destroying the other and identifying them with their sins. Sure. That is how the evil one speaks, and we don't want to speak right. in imitation of him. Yeah, and there's, there's as you said, like the damage, it's a question of the damage, right? Because we're, that, that, that is done. Yeah. Right, yeah, so yeah. that's, there's some, there's an injustice that's done in sin, and this is really, um, at the heart of Aquinas is talking about, um, about sins of speech is this this injustice that's done that ruins somebody's mm-hmm. reputation. Yes. You know, so there's damage on that front as you've just described, ruining somebody's reputation, identifying them solely with their sin, um, in in kind of a whole host of ways, right? But there's also the question that I think, and I think this is an important one of sin doesn't just damage others, but it also damages us. It yes. damages me. Yeah. yeah. Um, so how does how does um, how does like bad speech gossip these, how do these things damage me? Well, in, in treating somebody else that way, you know, you participate in a, in a, in an act of uncharity or injustice. Um, but there's, it also raises for me when I hear confessions or when I even think about myself is like, what does that sort of action, what does that sort of language of speaking, what is it, what is the motivation in me or what is it filling mm. in me? Mm-hmm. What is it making mm-hmm. up for? Because often we speak poorly about other people um, out of a sort of um, out of out of a sort of pride, right? Mm-hmm. That or a fear. So pride in that we're trying to make ourselves look better by not by actually being better, but by lowering others. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or this sort of fear that, well, people might see this or that about me for what it is and i don't want them to see that so i'm gonna deflect i'm gonna you know bring up somebody else's faults so as to cast the spotlight on that and deflect it it's a total distraction technique right right right. which is just a movement from reality at Mm -hmm. the it's a it's an objectification of somebody else Mm -hmm. to be used to use them so as to protect so as to hide so as to shield yourself right so i think those are those are some some guidelines, right? That we're talking about that that that, that are not gray. Yeah, that's that's clear. You know yeah. that that it's an act of injustice, an act of, uh, of a lack of charity. That it is um, that it damages somebody else. It damages ourselves. You know that sort mm-hmm. of thing. So if it's that sort of speech, then you know that's that's a pretty clear indication that it's not good. Right. Right. Yeah. Now. We're not we're not here to simply. I mean, we're here to talk about whatever. But we're the the title of the episode <laughs> is is not just to talk about gossip, but to talk about complaining. So I think right, as we yeah. move over to like, okay, well, sometimes we talk like that and like we know that it's bad, but other mm-hmm. times it's like this this scenario that I set up. Well, I don't know. Did I go too far? Did yeah. I not go to that? So what are some ways that we can? Um, well, I'll say I'll say this first before asking the question. I think that there is. Um, that complaining mm-hmm. in itself is not always wrong. Yeah, it's not always bad. It's right. part of our living together with other human beings. It's part of you know sometimes we just have to have a conversation about a difficulty and that might involve somebody else, yeah. you know, or be about somebody else. We might have to have you know even venting a little bit. These things I don't think are inherently bad. So, um, how is it then? Or what are a couple like brief principles that that might be helpful in kind of discerning like this is okay for these right. reasons. Yeah. There's, there's that understanding too. It's like, there's a beauty in, you know, exercising the reality that we have an intellect that we can mm-hmm. distinguish right from wrong. Yeah. You know, and if this is wrong, why is it wrong? Like if I'm hurt, I'm frustrated, there's interpersonal conflict or things like that to just simply say like, Oh no, everything's fine. Everything's fine. That, that's actually a different type of sin, right? Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, so it's kind of have, a delusion of it, sorts. Absolutely. Yeah. 
So there are times that we do have to both adjudicate and actually kind of articulate something that is not ideal, not right. Yeah. And how do we then have that conversation about that? And, you know, who do we talk to about that? So I think that one of the elements of, can we say, like, when, quote unquote, complaining is healthy, right, is one of the things is like, okay, well, who are we talking to? You know, is this a close friend, a confidant? Like, is this my best friend who, like, I trust and I need to talk through? Like, this person hurt me or I'm frustrated about this situation. I need to talk through that, right? Yeah. That's, that's a healthy conversation to have. Or is this the rando person at the coffee shop that I sit down and like, excuse me, is that seat, can I use that seat? Like, yeah, sure, go for it. And you sit down and you're like, listen to this. Mm-hmm. And you just like, spill the beans. Or, you know, is this in a public setting where many people know the individual and I'm just complaining freely about that to people who maybe don't have a right to this information yeah, or a right to this relationship that has been uh, wounded in some capacity? So I think the first thing is to think about like, okay, well, who are we talking to? And is it the proper environment? Is it the proper relationship to have that type of conversation that maybe is not um, a, a super positive conversation? So I think that's that's the first thing. The other thing I'll always say is like, even if we start by like, I just need to get this off my chest. I just, you know, that conversation though should lead to some type of resolution. Mm. Yeah, it's really important that if we're going to have this conversation with a, a close friend, a, a confidant, a, a you know best friend, it shouldn't just be throwing it out there just to throw it out there. Right. Like it should be like I need to get this off my chest so that now I can move towards resolution of a conflict or forgiveness of a hurt in some capacity. So if we're going to have that conversation, which it has its place. But it needs to be this maybe initial step of a movement towards resolution. Yeah, yeah. I think your the um, the sort of the point about about that is towards resolution is is a good one. And in the sense too, the way the way that I sort of frame it or think about it is like is what is in the same way with bad conversations that are objectively like sinful, yeah. wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But here too, it's like what is what is the the sort of motivation. Why am I having this conversation? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, is it because it could? I think it could simply be because. Well, I'm just frustrated, and I need to like. Yeah. I just need to talk. Mm-hmm. I think that's a perfectly reasonable thing to do. But again, what's the end? Is it to complain about somebody, or right. is it to you know have a human conversation about some difficulty and perhaps you know move towards some resolution, even if that resolution is simply. I just need to talk to somebody about this, yeah. you know, and, and then be done with it. Like I said, that could be the beginning step of it. Right. You know, yeah. which is really good and healthy. Yeah. So I think that again, that motivation factor, again, we want to be not again, cause I haven't said this, but we want to be <laughs> careful um, to recognize that it is not our intention or, or our motivation that defines whether or not something is inherently sinful or not, right. you know, yeah, like yeah. even if we can gossip even if, oh, I didn't mean to do that. Well, that's still gossip, you know, yeah. you know, kind of thing. Or um, So I'm not saying like, oh, if you didn't mean to do it, then you can never sin. That's mm-hmm. not what I'm saying. Um, but what I'm saying is that it's a good way mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. sort of take a sort of examination of conscience Absolutely. of how I speak with other people. Yes. Like, why am I doing this? Okay, that's, that's, that's one thing. That gets back to the whole motivation, right? Am, yeah. I, am I entering into this conversation to maybe get this off my chest to open up real estate so that yeah. I can then move towards resolution versus, hey, I'm going to 
hyper focus on somebody else's faults, weaknesses, and sins so that I never have to deal with mine. Right. That's a like a distraction cloaking exactly. technique of which you're destroying both yourself and somebody else versus I need to have this conversation and open up that real estate so that I can move towards a healing resolution in a different yeah. way. And I think here we can also think of um, like, what are the most, this is another kind of examination of okay. yeah, conscience yeah. of speech type thing. Right. But what are the modes of my sort of speech and relationships? You oh, know, cause yeah, yeah. we have, um, we can think, I, I can think about my own friendships and relationships that, uh, you know, with this person and that person, we talk about different things, but it's typically often with this person, we have similar conversations yep. and often with this person, I have this kind of conversation. And if it's the case that, you know, that like gossip is part, or is like the mode of communicating with this other person. Well, perhaps that like needs to be addressed mm-hmm. or you need mm-hmm. to be more attentive to that. Um, you can't just you know, habits are habits, but that doesn't excuse the behavior, but they're, they're easy to slide into patterns of behavior right. once we form a habit of doing something, whether it's good or bad. So perhaps it's it's time to kind of um, ask the Holy Spirit to, mm-hmm. you know, give us the grace to strengthen us in that weakness of always just gossiping with this person. Yeah, yeah. Or, But it's in any case, it's worth thinking about or considering the mode of communication in yeah. a relationship. Um, and if it's always the same kind of like, I don't know, bad, ill speech as you, then, then it's kind of like, well, what, what's the point? I mean, we've all seen those relationships. We may have all been in those relationships mm-hmm. where the, the common ground that you have with this other person is complaining or gossiping about everybody else. Yeah. And like, that's not a healthy relationship and you may have to change that. Um, right. One of the things that we, um, I think we spoke about before um, we started recording, but it was like to also look at, I I find sometimes it's helpful to tell people, go through your life and maybe identify the individuals that you want to have these conversations with. What I mean by that is identify somebody that's like, hey, this is somebody that I trust in the workplace that maybe I can talk to openly and freely about things in my professional life. This is somebody in my spiritual life that I trust and can speak freely about those things. This is somebody in, you know, in, in my social life or things like that. Because I find with people, if they don't have those individuals maybe identified, then they're going to just start testing the waters indiscriminately. And just then that like is quickly leading to gossip. So it's like, well, I want to see who responds the best and give me the best advice in this. So I'm going to just talk to everybody about, and you end up just starting to air dirty laundry and complaining to everybody. You're you're in this constant pursuit of trusted friends. But what ends up happening is you become this like habitual complainer with everybody in your life. And so it's like, maybe take a step back and identify those individuals and even tell that person like, Hey, I'm going to be turning to you with like really hard things. So just so you know, when I call you, like I want to have that, but it's because I trust you. And I want you to have that valid or valued place in my life. Yeah. Um, but if you don't have that, then this like becomes this huge, like just constant search, which is just always gossiping. Yeah. Yeah. I think so in all of this, if we can sort of kind of collect some of like the the principles and stuff from the bad, but also, you know, in this kind of gray area, um, uh, we want to make sure that we have the relationships with other, with our Lord, but also with other people Mm -hmm. where we can have actual human relationships. Not that somebody is just, 
um, not a sounding board, but so we don't we don't want people that are just um, you know there to gossip with. Right. Like as I don't know, that might be enjoyable. I don't know, um, mm-hmm. but that that's that's not an actual relationship. No. And if that's kind of where we're stuck, then it, you know it, it's kind of like well, maybe I need to figure out why this is going on in my life. Um, but with with the way we talk to, it's a question of well why what's mm-hmm. the motivating factor mm-hmm. and then what is the content you know is yeah. this disparaging is this damaging is this an act of injustice or or is this you know a good thing for me because i need to have this conversation and then i like your point too about like resolution like where where do i go after having that conversation is yeah. it okay i just complained or is it okay i've 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 complained, but I've sought help. I sought counsel. I've sought encouragement in 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 that conversation, and now I can move forward mm-hmm. in what whatever moving forward looks like. Right. Yeah, but yeah. like I can I can move. I'm not kind of stuck. Static. Yeah. You're not static. static yeah. And become kind of stagnant. Right. In that way, and I think that's something that maybe we've talked about that like, um, vicious complaining mm-hmm. helps to do. Vicious complaining helps pe- keep people stagnant. Yeah. Right. And that's, you know, stagnant waters are where diseases breed and things like that. But I think if we're going to talk about the virtue of complaining, but like to be able to articulate, hey, this situation is not ideal. Like I'm going to this isn't it shouldn't be this way. That means that you have an idea of what should the good of which we are possible and things can tend towards. Yeah. Well, then tend towards the good to be able to articulate like this in this moment is not good okay or whatever it may be then to see the good that it should be tending towards and then move in that way but if we stay stagnant and that might be a way to help kind of gauge our quote-unquote complaining is to say like am i just reiterating the same things am i just constantly complaining i don't see there's this kind of stagnant reality in my life then that might that's probably the vicious side of it all yeah yeah i think that's right so we have a couple minutes left, so I guess by way of like wrapping up our thoughts here, um, virtue of complaining, mm. does it exist? What do you think? Is it a vir- is complaining virtuous? Can it be virtuous? I'm, 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 I'm hesitant to throw the title of virtue in front of it, but I do think that um, it, it can be healthy as a, as a part of our, our life of um, spiritual growth and our life of human growth and formation. And I, I would be more concerned if somebody wasn't kind of semi-critical in their life. Like that, that's actually a greater like red flag to me mm, than somebody yeah. that is able to be critical and complain about like, hey, this isn't the way it should be. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess what would I say? I would say yes in a sort of loose sense okay. that complaining okay. can be virtuous. Yeah. Um, if we're talking about complaining as a, a way of speaking um, about the difficulties or challenges mm-hmm. posed in our in our lives or that we're facing so can that so if we have difficulties and challenges can we talk about can we approach that in our speech poorly and sinfully yeah. yes can we approach it in a way that's like not terribly clear in our yes i think so but can we talk about is there a way that we can talk about the difficulties challenges in our life lives even you know complain about them a bit in a mm-hmm. way that is virtuous life-giving and 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 in pursuit of holiness i think that can be done yeah and i think that it can be done and, and ought to be done now is it a challenge and does it require you know the other virtues to help do that like 
prudence and these sort of things to help kind of figure. Yes, it does. Of Absolutely. course it does. Um, uh, Thomas, St. Thomas doesn't talk. He does not list complaining as a virtue. So, you know, this is for the record. My, yeah. <laughs> let, let the record show. So this is kind of my, um, like theological musings. The Jansic Summa includes it. Yeah. It's the addendum to the end. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So okay, we're cool, Thomas. Cool, cool. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So I think if we think about it in those terms, then, then we can say, yeah, um, yeah. Can, you know, having those conversations can, can be done well yeah. and virtuously. So the verdict is in there it is. And that's it. Any final thoughts on complaining father Joseph Anthony no, recommendations, I, recommendations, thoughts. I, I just think it's something that like we maybe t um, speak implicitly about, but it's super necessary to make it explicit at times is like, as we make distinctions about all these things, it, we can able we're able to distinguish it all, but it's about an integrated whole. Like sure, all the virtues play in, and you kind of said that it's like, yeah, you to do this kind of type of speech, complaining to do it well, needs to have prudence and justice and and all these other aspects involved. So the virtuous life is an integrated whole, and they all play together. So it's not just you know we're um, splitting hairs here, and these things are all isolated islands. No, they they all influence in a. Um, work on work with each other in that way yeah i think that's that's spot on and probably a good place to stop i think so great Let's good job it. father oh my gosh mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> thanks so much for tuning into this episode of god's planning and thanks especially to all of you who support the podcast if you'd like to be part of that group check out uh, check out our patreon page you can become a monthly donor and we're very grateful for all of that help Please feel free to like and subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts on YouTube. That's super helpful for us. Check out our website uh, for news on upcoming events, for merchandise, and all of that information can be found in the show notes below. Thank you for tuning in. Again, as always, know of our prayers for you. Please pray for us, and we'll catch you next time on God's Planning. Mm -hmm.